welcome to Money Matters TV. My name is James Chan. Uh, my company is Asia Marketing and Management. I set it up in 1983 to help companies, particularly manufacturers, sell and export 100% American-made products and later services to China. We are going to have a good show today. Well, first of all, let me introduce my co-host, John Mason. Good morning, John James. Mason. Hi. Good to see you again, John. Good to see you, James. Yeah. John Mason is the chairman, CEO of New Finance, as you can see. And uh, I think that uh, in the first eight minutes or so before I introduce our guest, John, why don't you talk about the Fed, the Federal Reserve, with all the things that are going on? What's going on? What, what, what's your view? What, give me your take. Well, the Federal Reserve, James, has kind of set the, the stage for where we are right now. Uh, and particularly since uh, the pandemic uh, and uh, economic recession that has uh, uh, been aff afflicting the United States, uh, the Fed, uh, late in February, started uh, uh, pumping money into the economy. And uh, uh, since the end of February, they basically have pumped uh, $3 trillion dollars uh, of money into the financial system. And uh, as a consequence, uh, there is plenty of money uh, rolling around. The initial uh, effort of the Fed was to avoid a liquidity crisis. And it seems like they've done a very good job in uh, um, avoiding that liquidity crisis. The thing that it's set up is there's plenty of money around which gives us a very, very interesting dichotomy between all the pain and, and, and anguish that we see uh, that has been caused by the pandemic and the economic recession. Uh, we tend to hear all the bad things that are going on, but uh, uh, there is lots and lots of money rolling around and it's going into very very interesting channels and uh, i think that's one of the uh, uh the major things that uh, is going on in the economy right now is what's happening to all that money well john let me ask uh, yeah a few dumb questions like very basic questions sure uh if you don't uh, uh you know if you excuse me first of all when you say pump money does it really mean print money like we print the money we just because we can is that what it is <laughs> no the uh, the federal reserve buys for instance a government security okay. and and then the uh deposits the money uh okay. in a place that the federal reserve can uh, that the uh, treasury can use it in other words again excuse my being an ignoramus in this in these matters uh that that we're not printing money for the sake of printing money that no, it, how it works. Okay. it's all electronic. It's all like zeros and ones. Okay. The other thing is, the other day, John, we were talking about bad debt. And it, to me, it, it has the ring of a very interesting topic. Now, before, I, I hope you can say, say a few things about the, the bad debt. Uh, but is there such a thing as good debt before you start? <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a difference between good and bad debt? I thought debt... 
itself could also be a financial thing, a financial instrument. No, oh, absolutely. Debt uh, can be a very good thing if it's used properly and, I, and uh, is, is not overly used. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, when you get uh, uh, people relying on it too, uh, uh, too dramatically, that you can get into serious problems. And we've gone uh, 60 years now, uh, and this is, uh, I'm writing a book on this right now. Uh, we've gone 60 years in which the Fed has basically uh, followed a policy of credit inflation, uh, a policy in which has underwritten uh, the uh, huge amount of debt that has been created in the uh, in the U.S. economy. The problem is with creating that debt is that uh, in particularly uh, uh, creating debt in excess is that if you run into a bump in the road like a pandemic, that uh, it can really uh, uh, cause everything to uh, be disrupted. And that's exactly what we've had is that we've had so much debt created in the economy, and then wham, we get hit with a pandemic, and there has to be a reaction, and, and uh, uh, that is exactly what's happened over the last six to seven months. Did you just say three trillion? Three trillion dollars is what the Fed, uh, the, the they have bought three trillion dollars of government securities and mortgage-backed securities since the end of February. So is it bad debt as you define it? Is that it? Is no, that it? no, no, no. What uh, okay. uh, and 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 the uh, the uh, Fed? What the Fed has done? Uh, there's there's a lot of good that is connected with this. For instance, uh, uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, money around for uh, new companies. There's a mm. lot of, uh, for instance, uh, um, and and. But there also is uh, uh, creation or use of financial instruments that uh, uh, really are playing a tremendous role in terms of what is going on. One of them is called a special purpose acquisition company, uh, SPAC, otherwise known as blank check companies. Now, what these companies do is uh, blank check. Basically, these companies are formed with no purpose. Oh. And the objective, though, is to find assets to buy with all this money so that uh, they can buy companies or other things like that. And uh, there is uh, uh, these uh, uh, companies have been formed, a lot of them with very famous names on them uh, to attract, help attract money. For instance, Shaquille uh, O'Neal. The basketball player has uh, been the uh, uh, headline of one blank check company that has been formed. Now, what this does is that so you have a, an offering, gather in of several million dollars, a hundred million dollars possibly, and then you use it for whatever you find out there in order to acquire. And then you buy that company and now you have put the money to use in terms of whatever. 
the thing is about these companies is that if you don't find something within, say, a two-year period or something, that you have to return the money to the original investors. But they buy all sorts of companies. And one of the most interesting thing that's happening uh, as far as these um, uh, companies are concerned is that uh, these uh, blank check companies are now buying a bunch of startup companies from venture capitalists. And uh, the venture capitalists, as the story has gone over the last 20 years, have emphasized that these companies should not come to market too soon, uh, and they should build up their um, uh, they should build up their their product. Well, what the uh, the uh, blank check companies are are doing now is that they're jumping right in, buying these companies, these VC owned companies at a very early stage, and there they go. They they are owned now by the blank check company and they are fully operating companies now dismissed from venture capital. The other things that some people are doing with all this money that the Fed is is uh, uh, pumping out is uh, for instance they're they're getting into bad debt and they're getting they're buying distressed debt. Another thing that's happening as far as all this money is that a lot of companies that are in bad shape, are issuing new debt in order to carry them on further so that the, hopefully they will survive. But the problem is here, I mean, and, and there's been a lot written about this, the estimate is that there are 20% of United States companies are called zombie companies now. These are companies that have to rely on market debt in order to continue to stay alive. So yeah. what the what the uh, what this money that the Fed has pumped in is doing is allowing some of these zombie companies to stay alive for months or possibly even a year or so wow. where wow. they would have failed before. So this is one of the things that's happening to all this and we've got so much debt around but we've got all this flowing in from the Fed. And a lot of people, most of America does not know what's going on because they would be pretty angry if they knew what's going on because who benefits from yeah. this? The well, wealthy. John, John, this is a very big topic. I know if I give you 10,000 years, <laughs> you would gladly continue to talk about it. Now, maybe this is the right moment to uh, bring up a question uh, from our viewer. Uh, there is this uh, gentleman in Philadelphia by the name of Tim Gallup, and he would like to ask you, John, M&T Bank is at the low end of its price range now with a nice dividend. Is this a good time to buy the stock? Uh, I uh, I am not a real big fan of the banking industry at this particular time, and so uh, uh, I think that uh, there is going to be a tremendous reduction in the number of banks that are outstanding uh, over the next five or six years. And uh, uh, as a consequence, uh, you're not buying a bank then for uh, purposes of investment, uh, you know, in terms of earning a return over time, uh, because uh, uh, they, uh, 
many banks are going to be bought up and, and acquired during this particular time. The basic reason that why this is happening is one scale that these the big banks are getting bigger and they're going to get bigger. And one of the things that's going to be driving this is going to be um, uh, uh, information technology. And uh, just to uh, one of the things here is that you find that really banking is is a payment system. And so what is really driving the banking industry is the payment system and what's happening right now in the world. I mean, we just, uh, PayPal, for example, just, uh, uh, put produced its results. I mean, the growth that PayPal has gone through this last year because of the pandemic, more people are making cashless payments, more people are making online payments and things like that. And that's perfect. But guess who is, uh, the shadow that's over all this that's going on. It's something called Ant Group, oh, which ah, happens ah, to come from ah, China. Yeah. And Ant yeah. Group has a fantastic system called Alibaba. Yeah. And uh, the Alipay system is a payment system that is huge just operating in China by its standards. Well, Alibaba is trying to go international now. Uh, they had a $34 billion uh, IPO scheduled, the largest IPO ever to be offered. Unfortunately, for the time being, the Chinese government has uh, um, uh, put the skids on that right now. but their particular purpose is to go international. And so Ant's going to be there uh, with Alibaba, there, uh, and, and that's going to be a huge payment system that, that is going to probably come to dominate a lot of the world in the near future. Well, this is going to change banking and finance tremendously, not only in the United States, but in the world. And so the bank as we know it now is not going to exist in five or six years. The, uh, and so this is one of the reasons why I have a negative view about the banking system is I see it moving to a new stage in which we aren't even going to recognize what it looks like. And this is a, a response to the, uh, the, the yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, sounds Really, John, sounds pretty stressful. But in any case, I'm sure that I have to get you back to talk more. In the meantime, in, <laughs> Thank the, you, meantime, James. in the meantime, you know, uh, for our viewers, uh, this is how you send in your questions to Money Matters TV. You can have your questions answered on Money Matters. Please go to our website, money-matterstv.com. On our homepage, click on the banner on the right that says, Send Us Your Questions. While you're on our website, you can find information about our hosts and guests, as well as show notes and links about this show and past shows. Money Matters is also available as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can listen to Money Matters while you're on the go. That website address, again, is money, M-O-N-E-Y, dash matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, TV.com. Welcome back to Money Matters TV. 
my name is James Chan, and I'm very happy today uh, to introduce our guest, David uh, Dono. He, he goes by Dave, uh, Dave Dono of People Share. Hi, Dave. Hey, James. How are you? Very, very good. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think this is your first time, right, on Money Matters TV. It is. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, yeah, very, very good. So now, tell people something about yourself and then uh, People Share. I mean, what, what, what does People Share do? So um, I, I grew up in the Philadelphia region, been here my whole life. Um, went to school in Pottstown, went to college at Temple University. So uh, I'm kind of Philly born and made. Um, you know, I love the area. So um, a little bit about People Shares. We're headquartered in Philadelphia. Uh, we have 30 offices around the country. We're a staffing company, and we provide people in the area of, uh, we get jobs for people in clerical, office, administrative, as well as light industrial um, type of positions. And, and a lot of them are, are really temp to hire positions, and people may start out as temp for us and then get a, a job permanently. How did you get into this business? You must have worked for, you know, uh, at least a sizable, if not a very big company in, in that same industry. Am I correct? I did. You are. Yeah, I worked for um, a, a national publicly traded staffing company that was also headquartered out of Philadelphia. And I ran up uh, one. Of, I ran one of their divisions for them. Uh -huh. So do you, uh, but you're not a headhunting firm. You're not a recruiting firm, are you? Yeah, so we recruit people, but we're not headhunters. So we actually recruit people and we place them at our clients where they're on our payroll. So they're our employees. So they're performing work for our customers yeah. um, at the customer location. And, and, you know, after a couple of months, um, you know, if they if they like the people, they can hire them directly. Um, so it's a real partnership um, yeah. with our customers. Yeah. I don't mean to shut out John, Mr. John uh, uh, Mason. I mean, where is he? He's come <laughs> on again. And ask Dave some questions. I can't be the one asking the questions all the time. <laughs> well, well, let me ask ask you this, Dave. Uh, I think it's fascinating what you're doing, but your work must have gotten that much more fascinating in the last six to seven months with uh, all the people that I talk to that are looking for jobs and the people that are looking for employees and things like that and how the job market is changing. This must have really, really kind of disrupted uh, your your uh, way of doing business. Uh, yeah, John, you know, I was afraid you're going to ask me a really difficult question. I'm, I'm glad you're asking me one I might be able to answer. Um, so during this whole COVID thing, you know, uh, people share, we, we, we built our company over 15 years and in one month we lost 40% of our business. Wow. Um, you know, so it just, it really forced us to um, do things differently. We had to make some really difficult decisions and kind of in the last segment, you talked about the Ant Group and uh, PayPal and how things are changing, specifically how PayPal has grown over cash with cash payments. Um, we had to do the same thing. We we were innovating. We've always been a culture of innovation, but we had to completely change how we operated. Everybody worked from home. Uh, instead of interviewing candidates in person, we had to do it virtually, place people virtually. Um, so we were forced to really innovate in ways that uh, we would have never done that in the past. So uh, while it has been our biggest challenge, uh, I'm glad to say we're back to pre-COVID levels and um, we're probably... Uh, embracing some things that will change our business 
drastically for the future. You know, we, we may, you said you might not recognize banks um, in, um, excuse me, you may not recognize banks in five years. Well, um, I'm not sure we're going to recognize our business in five years either. Wow. Now, uh, Dave, you, I know that you, you started your business in 2005. Yep. However, you grew your business very fast. I think you now have more than 30 offices. How did you yep. do it, if you don't mind? <laughs> what's, um, what's your mojo? What's the pixel dust? <laughs> yeah, I think you have to um, really, you know, to, to grow a business, I think you have to just, you have to have a, have a plan. Uh, but really the thing that has, has made a difference for us has been just hiring the best people in the market, getting the best talent. Um, you know, we have, we have some great um, things that we do, but without the best people in the market to, to run it, to run our business model, it's not going to make a difference. So, so really we, we've been, we've been growing by hiring the best people and then treating them right once, once they're on board. Mm-hmm. How, how do you locate and, and then uh, uh, attract these top people to your uh, to your your uh, work? Yeah, so for we have a, we just have an ongoing um, quest to find people. So we're always building our pipeline of people, and uh, you know one of the ways that we've grown is by opening new offices. And many times we'll look for a specific leader in a market, and when we find that person, that's when we'll open. So a lot of times it's people that drives our expansion into a new market. So we're just always looking, John. Well, like uh, I, I, I've run three banks. How would you look for me? <laughs> uh, I'd probably just watch this show and, and call in with a question. <laughs> now, John, is, is, your, is your scope geographically, is your scope nationwide, international, or in the Philadelphia region? So right now we're we're I would say we're probably half of the nation. So uh, we have thirty offices. We range from New Jersey to Virginia, as far west as Chicago. Um, so, you know, so our growth plan over the next five years uh, go, you know, includes going from thirty offices to a hundred. Um, at which point we'll we'll be pretty much national in every market that we want to be in. How much technology do you use, and how do you use it? We use technology um, in every part of our business. We, we don't look at it as the reason for our success, but we look at it as an accelerator of our business. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times we have, um, you know, positions that clients need our services quickly. And, and while we have a great database of people, how we reach them in, in, you know, I'll call it the old days was picking up the phone and calling them. But now um, everybody has cell phones. We have texting technology. So we'll actually, um, use software that automatically texts people, emails them, and calls them, so we can reach you know a thousand people literally in a minute. Wow, amazing! Dave, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? If if I may use that word, it's a very it's it's a it, the word is so commonly used. It's almost yeah, it used. <laughs> you know, and I, I have a great respect for the word, so I, I, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm an entrepreneur if I just can't work for somebody else, and maybe right. that's yeah. partially yeah. the same definition. Um, but uh, you know, I, I've had a few businesses. I've had a business fail in the past, um, which I, I really think failure is just kind of a step towards success. So you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed of that. Um, you know, but uh, I, I think probably if you've ever been an entrepreneur and you work for yourself. 
going back's difficult. So um, I'm going to say I'm going to say yes. <laughs> do you do you see? Uh, do you see? Let me put it this way: Do you prefer to build an empire, or you would be happy to do? What you enjoy doing without making the pie an enormous one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for me, it's a one hundred percent about passion, uh, and, and I kind of look at the intersection of finding something that you can be passionate about, and also finding something that you can be the best at. And if you can find that intersection, you're going to be profitable, um, but probably more important, you're going to be happy. And and um, so that formula, you know may not work for everybody. Some people want to want to grow and don't care if, you know, if they're passionate about their work. But for me, I'd rather be small and be the best. And, and that's what I would enjoy. What about you, John? Any question, any reaction to that? Well, I, I, I couldn't uh, concur with him more. I think that that's uh, very commendable to uh, go after quality rather than, than scale. And, uh, but what, uh, what, you know, to me, why I'm trying to connect how you connect with people and and how how young or inexperienced. I mean, do you look at anybody, uh, for instance, that uh, is just graduating from from a master's program or something like that, or what do you work and how do you uh, uh, carry that out? Yes, yeah, so I think um, you know we look at re- really we look at talent from any perspective. So I'm a big believer in that um, any type of it's almost a requirement in business to have diversity in your 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 the people that you work with because you get the most diverse thought. And you know one of the things I learned really late in my business career is the power of collaboration. I'm not trying to. Um, do everything on your own, but listening to other people, getting, you know, a lot of, you know, getting the input of other people. And, and, you know, that power of collaboration is really comes from, you know, just every walk of life. Uh, But in terms of your search process and so forth, uh, you know, how are you uh, watching newspapers? Are you watching uh, uh, television? Are you watching uh, uh, news, uh, you know, sorts of uh, outlets that uh, uh, that just uh, catch your eye. In terms of the people that we're hiring? Yes. Yeah, so um, the people that we place, what we call place on assignment, are our field employees. And yeah, again, their skill sets range uh, pretty wildly, but they're, they're mostly, our average pay rate for the people that we place is probably between 16 and $18 an hour. Um, so really, the way that we recruit is through so many different resources, LinkedIn, Career Builder, okay. Facebook. Okay. We use a lot of like social media. Thank you. I I, I get a better idea idea now. Thank you. Yeah, we Thank we you. now have about two three minutes. Um, so Dave, in in maybe two minutes. Um, what would you like the viewers to hear from you uh, within a very short? spate of time um you know what uh, i i think that again i'd go back to um you know uh, kind of the, the the advice that i would give the people that are in their own business looking to start their own business 
Um, again, along with the, you know, kind of being passionate about what you do, finding something that you can be the best at. One of the areas that I think people really, um, you know, kind of fail at is that is being properly funded. John talked a little bit about there's good debt out there and, you know, making sure that you, you have enough cash flow, enough money in the bank when you start your company to a point where you can live off of the cash flow that your business generates. Um, that's, that's probably the main area where people fail. It's not their ideas. It's not their execution. It's just lack of funding to keep them going. Yeah. Well, John, your last question, and then I have to close the show. I, I, I'm, I'm fine. Dave, okay. it's been great talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. we should get you to come back, uh, come back and talk more about the bad debt. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by the topic. I really think it's a big topic. In any yeah. case, thank you, John, and thank you, uh, Dave, uh, for being on the show today. Um, thank you. I think I'm going to start. Yes. Uh, I, I said thanks. Uh, I guess I am an entrepreneur because I want to start one of those blank check companies. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, our next show is going, uh, uh, our next guest uh, is going to be Michael Dever of Brandywine uh, uh, Asset Management. So I hope you will come back and watch us again and see you very soon. Thank you for watching Money Matters TV.